Welcome to Marketing School, the only podcast that provides daily top-level marketing tips and strategies from entrepreneurs that practice what they preach and live what they teach. Let's start leveling up your marketing knowledge with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Today, we are going to talk about what to look for in a CMO. So a CMO, just for everyone, CMO is a chief marketing officer, and really, it can be for any company that's 50 plus people, ideally. Do you have a CMO? We don't. You're the CMO of your company. I think, yeah, I think that's my title. That's your title, yeah. Someone gave me. I'm not really a CMO of my You're like, you know what you are? You're actually executive chairman. That's what you are. That's probably a more accurate title. But yeah, with the CMO title, I think my team just, I don't know who gave it to me. I don't even think I put it on my own LinkedIn. If it is on my LinkedIn, it's that on your someone LinkedIn. else logged in and then did it for me. But it's funny. I've been to the process quite a few times of looking for people who are either the VP of marketing or a CMO. And I look for actually something very specific. And I'm curious to see what you would look for. But when most people look at CMOs, you're like, okay, what other campaigns did you run? What did you do successfully before? How can you do that for us? I actually just look at gaps. So for example, with our ad agency, NP Digital, our goal is to get bigger contracts that are global, right? We don't get like the huge contracts. When I mean huge, I'm not talking about like 10, $20 million a year contracts and fees. I'm talking about the hundred, $500 million contracts. And they do exist where people are paying marketing agencies, literally a hundred, 200, $300 million a year in fees, not ad spend. I'm talking about fees. And to have those, you have to be a global agency, which is what we're working on. So we're trying to add, you know, 50 countries as quick as possible or 50 more countries. But when I, when I really think about it, when I look for a VP of marketing or a CMO or anyone who, who can help us get there, I look for someone who can fill in the gaps. I don't really look for someone who's just like, all right, I'm going to come in. I'm going to run the whole team. I'm going to change up the whole process and we're going to do all the marketing. I look at, hey, what's already working? What do we already have people that are really good at? All right, we don't need help there. For us, we're not getting in front of enough enterprise brands. We actually, each year that number is drastically increasing and we're getting in front of a good amount of enterprise brands, but not the number that I'm happy with. I want like 10 times more. So I have, some may say unrealistic expectations, but I don't really care. So if I were to hire a CMO tomorrow, I would look for someone who just has experience getting in front of enterprise companies that generate at least 2 billion in revenue USD or more per year. Like I'm looking for something very specific. And every time that I've seen companies just hire really generic CMOs, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work or it's not going to work more. So they don't always get the results that they're looking for. But instead when companies look at, Hey, what do we do well? And what do we not do well? And they find a leader who can help fill in the gaps that's where I find them to do extremely well from hiring a CMO because hiring a CMO that already does a lot of stuff you do well is redundant. It's not really useful. It's just going to add in more expenses to your books, but hiring someone who can fill in the gaps. Yes. They may not be a jack of all trades and they can't do everything, but that's okay. You just need them to do the stuff you are struggling at and that they are good at. So what I would say, I mean, to, to build on what Neil's saying on filling the gaps to understand first, what it is that you're missing. And once you understand what it is that you're missing, I think it's it's really important to 
understand the outcomes that you're looking for, right? So let's say, you know, you're, you're the, the, one of the outcomes your CMO or you you want out of your CMO is that you want them to build out, you know, a marketing specifically for content marketing or specifically for like podcasting. I'm just making things up right now. Ideally, they have worked on something similar to the gap that you're trying to fill there, right? I'm not saying they have to have like been there, done that for everything, but ideally for some of the core things that you're looking for, it's defining those outcomes. So you might have four or five outcomes and, and you want to be very specific with them, right? So it's like drive this advertising channel to like, hundred million dollars or something like that. Just, you want to have specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound. That's those are smart goals that you're looking for. Define those, you know, three, four, five of those. And then you can score them A, B, C, D when you're interviewing them, you're talking to them. And here's the thing. A lot of CMOs, they know how to talk a big game, right? And so if you find yourself like the gut feeling is like, it's not quite there. The, the key thing is you should be nodding. You should find yourself being like, yeah, you know what they're saying makes a lot of sense, right? Like over and over and over. And then like what we do on our side, in addition to the outcomes that we're looking for is we send them a written prompt because sure, you can talk a big game, but like we want to understand how you think about core situations, right? So we might send them four or five questions and then we want them to basically kind of outline what they would do. Ideally, they would share experiences and share key numbers. The more higher level they are, the, the poor that they write, the less that they're going to make it in terms of being hired. Because So I can just speak from experience here. I've helped interview for a lot of CMO positions and I've kind of been in that type of role, more like more so VP of marketing. And you know, at the end of the day, it all came down to, to Neil's point, filling the gaps and bringing outcomes and not just talking at a very high level and trying to spend a bunch of money. Yeah. And to reiterate, I can't emphasize this enough. You need to focus on finding someone who fills in the gaps. You don't need someone who can help you do everything you already do well, better. You're going to find that there's very little gains if they can quote unquote, do what you're already doing really well, better. Because in most cases, the better isn't really that much better at all. It's very small marginal gains. But on the flip side, if they can actually fill in the gaps on where you guys are struggling, that's when you see the massive gains. Here's the problem. Sometimes, like, even though all the stuff that we're talking about right now, like we have a mutual friend and he he sold his company for a couple hundred million dollars. He had hired a CMO that had been to like all the big companies, right? Had led all these amazing companies. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I remember that story. It was hilarious. He would get so pissed. At it. it was funny. I wish we had him to actually share that story. Maybe we will get him to share this story one day on, on this pod. But here's the thing. We'll, we'll just give it to you at a high level. But this person had all the accolades, had worked at like big cruise lines, had worked for like a big fashion company. And, you know, our friend's company was kind of in the fashion space, right? We'll just leave it at fashion. I'm not going to be specific here. It's not really in fashion. But point is, this person talked a really big game. This person found themselves nodding their head all the time. And what ended up happening for two years was it became a nightmare, right? It was a nightmare situation because this person would not listen, would not report on any metrics and would always like overspend on things. Like they had like affiliate things, like they're, did an affiliate marketing program with Commission Junction, which it was free, completely free. And what no, ended no, up no, happening- Let's rephrase. What Eric's trying to say is they had a lot of influencers who were promoting their product for free. And the CMO had a brilliant idea of creating an affiliate program, which is fine, but decided to give all the influencers who are driving thousands and thousands of sales and doing it for free because they love the product and told him, use the affiliate link instead. So then the founder found out and he's like, you're telling me we're paying commissions on something we didn't have to pay commissions on because we're giving these people our products in advance and they want to mm -hmm. promote it for free and they're evangelists and we already worked mm -hmm. out a deal. So now you also want to give them affiliate commission so you can show how well your affiliate campaigns are doing. And they didn't just bring this idea to the founder. They did it. He noticed he was paying all these affiliate commission checks. And he's like, well, I don't see sales increasing in total. And then he found out this person, the CMO converted 
all the old evangelists who were given products for free. So they were supposed to talk about it in exchange for nothing. Also affiliate links so they can make their numbers look better. Your memory is way better than mine. That was well told. Thank you for coming in there. And here's the thing. He told this CMO to take the links off, right? <laughs> First time, links didn't come off. Second time, links didn't come off. Third time, links didn't come off. And so this is, by mind you, this story has been like, he told us this story recently, but it's been like a couple of years since it's all happened. That's how scarred this person is from the poor hire. And, and they were running marketing, I believe, at a publicly traded company. It was a big cruise line or travel company. Yeah. But yeah, that was funny. And I remember he brought that person into their office and he's just like, hey, I want you to log into the affiliate dashboard. And they were trying to present reports. And he's like, just log in. And he quickly learned that she didn't have the login and she didn't know how to look at any of the data or anything. And he's just like, oh my yep. God, this is a mess. And so this but again, is, yep. hire someone to fill in the gaps and what you're not good at. Because if you just hire someone to take over what you're already good at, the chances are you're going to be upset and you're not going to like what you see. I actually think like for a C-level role, like typically you wouldn't, you know, they're not down to do like a, like a test assignment, right? But I actually think it's probably helpful, especially in a CMO type position. It's helpful to do a test project, pay them for the test project, pay them what they're worth and see just how it goes for that first week or two. And then you can make a decision there because people can fake an interview, but they can't fake their real personality, especially if they're working with you for like a week or two. Anything else, Neil? Yeah. That's it. All right. We'll see you later. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and goodbye. We appreciate you joining us for this session of Marketing School. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit marketingschool.io for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you find true marketing success. That's marketingschool.io. Until next time, class dismissed.